Hello, friends. Welcome to Find Hope, Live Well, a show about doing small things to make big changes in your life. I'm Grant Stenzel. My goal is to help you regain hope and walk with you down the path of healing. Through my experience as a licensed clinical professional counselor and former pastor, I enjoy helping individuals and families navigate through mental health issues. joining us again for another episode of Find Hope, Live Well. So with everything that's happened in the past year with COVID and lockdown frustrations, it seems like some people have had a hard time when it comes to being kind to others. Today, I wanted to ask you a little bit about civility and why people struggle with this. So to start things off, why do you think people have struggled with being civil and kind to people the past year? Well, I, I think you, you even kind of said it is frustrations are higher. Um, all the stress going on, you know, we're not getting out as much as we used to. Um, you know, there's stress about COVID, there's stress about school, there's stress about work. Um, we have seen the mental health of our country just decline rapidly in the last year and a half with, you know, being stuck at home with the anxieties, with the fears, you know, we've seen suicide up, cutting up, eating disorders addictions, I mean, you name it, anxiety, depression, they're all up. And so as I thought about, you know, what, what hinders people from being civil? Why are people being a little more aggressive? And so I have a couple theories, you know, one of them is, is that we carry points of anger around with us. You know, maybe you've seen you're at a restaurant and you see someone just lose it on a waiter or waitress, right? And, and you just feel like their reaction is way more than the situation calls for. You know, let's say the waiter or waitress actually did do something wrong. Their, their food was cold or their food was wrong. And let's say out of a one scale of one to 10, it's a two. You know, it's not a huge deal. They're not, you know, killing your family. That would be a 10, you know. Um, but the person's reacting at like an eight. And you're like, wow, that's a two. They're reacting at an eight. And it's because we carry points of anger around with us unless we resolve that anger. And so that person has probably had some frustrations at home, frustrations at work, stresses with perhaps COVID or different issues going on, and they haven't found a healthy way to get that anger out. And so oftentimes when you see people going off at like a manager at Target or road rage, and people are just reacting way stronger than they should, or you would think is appropriate for this situation is because, you know, it's almost like they're carrying a full bucket of water. And if, if you, any kind of nudge, water's gonna come out. And so if we don't have margin in our lives, if we are not coping and dealing with our anger, our anger is gonna come out one way or another. Oftentimes it can come out in anxiety and depression, but we take it out sometimes on our loved ones. And oftentimes we take it out on just innocent people who are at you know wrong place wrong time and all of a sudden you see someone just losing their mind is because that person has not dealt with their anger now it's okay to be angry honestly sometimes we should be angry uh the question is what are you going to do with that anger will you find a productive outlet or will you just find someone harm it harm you know harm with it my my second kind of theory of why people have struggled to um, with civility is um, the social media and the news are splitting us more than ever before. And 
there's this us versus them mentality more than ever before in our nation. And I think people forget that, especially the news outlets, are for-profit companies that make more money the more you watch. And the more dramatic whatever they put up is, the more you watch. The more upset you get, the more you watch. The more you believe in their message, the more you watch and the more money they make. And so whether it's far right, far left or, or whatever, we watch the news that kind of agrees with us and, and we get more and more upset. See, humans are, are naturally tribal. We want to fit in. We want a group. We want a family. But unfortunately, families and neighborhoods are not close to as connected as they used to be, which I think is one of the many things to blame for this. And that's why there is this we versus them feel more than ever. You know, whether it's liberal versus conservative, mask versus no mask, or whatever the issue. You know, instead of the, being these topics to discuss, to learn from each other, you know, we read and only watch what agrees with our view, which is called confirmation bias. We pay attention to the inf information that agrees with our view, and we discredit information that disagrees with our view. It, it actually feels good for our brains. You know, I mean, just a kind of a simple example is I really want the Bears to succeed this year. I'm a Chicago Bears fan, and, and I love reading articles that say that the Bears are going to be good this year, and it, it, may, it actually makes my brain feel good. And However, when I read an article that says, well, you know, their offensive line's not so strong, and, and you know, there's this rookie, and blah, 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 and they start talking about the Bears are going to be bad, all of a sudden I kind of get a negative feeling. And so our emotions even cause us for... Uh, confirmation bias is we want to hear information that agrees with what we want to believe. But we need to understand is, you know, especially with politics and with, um, the, you know, different things going on with just simple human rights, is all humans have dignity and should be treated as such. There are some very valid issues out there that meet, people need to come together in love, in humility, uh, regardless of whether it affects you or not, and, and move forward to find helpful solutions. We can all really grow if we have a diverse friend group, if we're not just spending time with people like yourself. We need to foster curiosity and humility, put away our arrogance and our hatred, be open-minded that we could be wrong, or even more radical, that someone else might be right. Um, also, not looking at everything in a black and white manner. Rarely is anyone 100% right or 100% wrong. And Know that there's shades of gray. There's good points and negative points to every group, every ideology. You know, I go to a, a Christian church, and I don't want people to, um, my beliefs to be judged by the mistakes of believers from my church. The Christian church has done a lot of bad things over the years, and I've done bad things over the years. No one is perfect. But going back to confirmation bias, if someone were to see me, you know, sin or do something wrong or against our beliefs, they could go, oh, well, those beliefs are no good just because, you know, they see what I did. And again, confirmation bias. If you're kind of don't believe in that and you see someone do something, you're like, oh, see, there's an example. It doesn't work. But that doesn't necessarily isn't true because no one is perfect. You know, we, um, we don't get rid of the entire messes because there's one bad apple. Um, and we wouldn't want people to treat our beliefs that way just because, you know, say you're a Democrat and you believe strongly in a certain issue and someone on your side does something uh, poor. You are like, well, you know, it, it's understandable, but say there's a Republican. See, I knew all their issues are wrong because there's this bad person. And there's bad person people on both sides. 
honestly, there's I, I agree with some of the things the Democrats do, some of the things the Republicans do. I don't think either side is or perfect or amazing. But we need to understand that both sides are human. Both sides make mistakes and, and come together as a we as a country and not always we as in political groups. Those are all really good points, and there really is so much more that comes into being a civil human than you would really think about. And I love those analogies you use, like that really helps to kind of put a picture in your head to how other people deal with their anger. Mm -hmm. So do you ever have clients that struggle with being civil? And if so, how do you help them to overcome this? Well, I think everyone struggles to be civil in some way or another. I can struggle. You know, I've, I've had to grow in this area. I can slip into negative behaviors. Um, we all can. The important thing is, is to own it and not blame shift. I teach my clients, first and foremost, to own their reactions. No one can make you lose your cool. They can make it more likely. They can make it way more likely. But your reaction ultimately is your choice. Without owning our behaviors and reactions, we'll never learn to change or control them. Um, one of my favorite figures in all of psychology is Viktor Frankl. He is the founder of Logotherapy. And I'm going to give you two quotes real quick. He says, everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. And the reason I feel there's so much power behind what he said is he said that after surviving being in a concentration camp in World War II. So talk about a difficult situation where everything, literally everything, food, clothing, family, all stripped from him. And he said, I still had the choice to choose my attitude. He goes on to say is between stimulus and response, there's a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. And so the example I often give with, to clients is road rage. You know, if someone cuts us off, we go, that person made me angry. And if you think about it, even just scientifically, it can't be. Because if someone cutting you off causes anger, then every time every person's cut off, they should get angry. But some people get angry and some people don't get angry. So that can't scientifically be the cause. And because there's such a, a small margin of time between stimulus and response, we think it's that, that it's just that linear. But between stimulus and response is, is, as Viktor Frankl said, that space. And that's where our paradigm, our schema, our choice, our beliefs come in. And if someone cuts me off and I feel like I have the right to not be cut off, I'm going to get angry. However, if I get cut off and I'm like, you know what? I'm okay. I'm 0.5 seconds later to work. There are some poor drivers out there and I'm not shocked when someone cuts me off. You know, I'm, I'm rarely shocked because I've driven around Chicago before. I've been cut off. Guess what? I'm going to get cut off again. And so when that happens and I have more of a kind of a not shock um, attitude, I don't get angry. I might get annoyed and I'm like, oh, well, that was dangerous. But then I get over it and it doesn't ruin my entire day because of choice. So the second thing I try and help my clients understand is perspective, is first we have and they need to own the choice of reactions and perspective. People generally want grace for themselves when they mess up, 
but they want judgment for others when they mess up. We look at our mistakes and we rationalize and we understand that we tried and had good motives, but why can't we give that same benefit of doubt to others? I see this in marriage counseling all the time. Is, you know, people, they want grace when they make a mistake, but when their, their spouse does something wrong, they just want to judge and they go, well, they were after me and they had bad motives. And, and, but yet, you know, when they made a mistake, well, I didn't mean it. And I, I had a bad day. And it's amazing how quickly we excuse our behavior and how quick we go to judgment, as well as we tend to judge according to our strengths and our values. We tend to give less uh, credence to the areas of our weakness and the things we value less. You know, um, recently I had, a, I had a client who really valued respect and felt everyone should be respectful. And she was explaining to me she was really struggling because she felt a lot of people in her life were giving her respect. And she's like, I give them respect. And I said, there's the issue right there. Is because you value it, because you're strong at it, you're mad that people aren't doing what you do, what you've put effort into. And that's very understandable. We all do it. But we all have different values. And again, respect is a great value. But there's so many different ones that we may value more or less. I value um, non-judgment. It's one of my strongest values. And because I feel like I'm strong in it, and I feel it's very important to me, so that means I put a lot of effort forth. But it's easy for me then to look down on people who are judgmental. So the problem with that is that it's ironic. If I judge judgmental people, I'm being judgmental. And I'm ranking their sin of judgmentalism as worse than perhaps my sin. Um, I'm being self-righteous about my lack of self-righteousness. You can see where it becomes a slippery slope. Is it's so easy to judge people in our strengths and um, want grace in our weaknesses. And I see that all the time. So Jesus and the Gospels turn religion upside down by calling out the judgmental religious leaders of the day. And he valued, you know, what I would do. He called sinners because they tended to judge less. And did Jesus disregard rules? Of course not. He preached about a lot of rules, actually. But he valued seeing each person as they are, loving them and calling them to grow. Uh, he famously said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. His point was actually that we're all sick. We all are sinners. We all need a doctor. And that's the beautiful point of the gospel. We're all on equal ground, and we all need God. There may be sins we don't commit and sins we do commit, but we all sin. Um, Tim Keller, who's one of my favorite uh, people to listen on podcasts, says this, the gospel is this, we're more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we'd ever dare believe, yet at the same time we're more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dare hope. So here's the irony, is that religion should be the least judgmental, you know, especially Christianity, and often it can be. Um, just because there's imperfect people in there doesn't mean that the belief itself is wrong. So again is don't judge people just according to your strengths look at you know what you have weaknesses too yeah i love that and i think that learning that you have control over yourself and your emotions is so powerful and it really can change the outcomes in your life and your perspective like you said so what should you do when you encounter someone mean or rude in your everyday life well okay i'll, I'll quote the bible one more time is uh there's a verse that says be quick to listen slow to speak and slow to become angry. 
Um, I, I love quoting that in marriage counseling. I love quoting that in my own head just to remind myself not to react is that we need to validate. Uh, we need to be curious. People repeat or people yell when they feel unheard. So we need to hear them. We need to listen. We need to care. Um, if they don't calm down, you may have to walk away and then come back a different time once they, you know, they've calmed down. But just knowing that they're reacting from their amygdala in the limbic system. So when humans get upset, we unfortunately move from our frontal lobe, which is where we have decision making and logic and self-control. And we go into our limbic system, our amygdala, where we have fight or flight. And unfortunately, sometimes we see things as a threat that's not a threat, you know. Um, someone cuts you off or, you know, going back to the example in the restaurant, someone brings you cold food. All of a sudden, for some reason, we react in fight or flight and, and now we're yelling and screaming and losing our mind because we're obviously not moving in our frontal lobe because that wouldn't be a logical decision. And logical dude is like, hey, could you send it back and get it warm? Um, but we react in this emotional state in fight or flight and, and, and they the react poorly. And so we need to know that and just understand that they're doing that. And so a rational argument to someone who's not being rational is not going to help. They need to be heard. They need to be understood. And you need to be patient. You know, know that they're, they're upset. And they feel justified in that moment. And probably in an hour, once they've calmed down, they may hopefully realize that they overreacted. But I think being gentle and kind, but yet still being firm and strong. You know, um, you know just because someone is losing their mind doesn't mean you should give in. You know, I'm not going to give in to someone yelling me. But yelling back is just going to make it worse. And the funny thing is, is that if, if, if someone yells at me and then I yell back at them, they're now going to feel justified for yelling at me. They're like, yeah, I should have yelled at him. Look at what a jerk he is. But if they're yelling at me and I'm calm, kind, and strong, they're eventually maybe feel bad about yelling at me because like, wow, I yelled at this guy and he stayed calm. I'm kind of the jerk here, you know? And, and so in many ways, it, not only is it right, it's useful, it's, it, it works, is just staying calm, listening. And, you know, as a, as a person who hates to be controlled, I, I hate it when anyone controls me. And, and so years ago when I was trying to work on anger, what helped me change my anger was my view on anger. And when I viewed anger as that person um, made me angry and therefore has control over me, they have control over my attitude. And I was like, whoa, I don't want to be controlled by anyone. So I'm not going to allow people to make me angry. I'm not going to allow people to cause me to react in a poor way. And so I decided, you know, what? I'll listen. And even if I'm uncomfortable, I'm just going to listen, be curious, but be calm. And in some ways, not let that person win. Those are all great things that we can remember. So our last question to wrap things up, what can we as listeners do in our daily lives to combat all the negativity in this world? Um, I think own, owning your reactions is so, so important. Um, choosing how you treat people, not being ruled by your emotions, but paying attention to your emotions and going, okay, why am I feeling this way? And being curious and then reacting well. Um, notice what you're feeding your brain. You know, just like a healthy diet can fuel your body well and affect its functioning, so can putting the right things in our brain. 
which means maybe less time on social media of where there's just arguments or comparisons or you may feel that you don't have enough because everyone's just putting on their best face or maybe less time watching your favorite news. I would even challenge you to watch, you know, your opponent's news. You know, if you watch one, watch the other one. Um, you know, research less biased news sources for um, maybe nonprofit organizations. Um, I personally love to get my news from the BBC. Um, I, I, in my opinion, I believe it's fairly unbiased. I think it's been rated as unbiased. Um, I don't think they have anything to gain with riling anyone up because they're on the other side of the ocean. Um, spend time with people that are different you, have different beliefs, be listen, curious. Um, choose humility. You know, you don't know everything. We think we know everything, we think we're right in everything, but you know, we're not. And sometimes we need to kind of humble ourselves and, and listen to other people. I think doing self-care is important. As we take care of ourselves, um, we won't be as quick to react. Um, if we're exercising, we're gonna have healthier self-control. Um, a surprising thing I would say is assertive communication is one thing that I teach people that struggle with anger is positive assertive communication. Because oftentimes people that rage or people that explode are people that just take, 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 then explode. As opposed to standing up for what they need in a healthy, calm, more often way. You know, there's two ways to get air out of a balloon. You can blow it up till it explodes or you can let it out a little bit at a time. And so if we're assertive and say, you know what, I don't feel comfortable with you doing that. Could you, you know, could you not do that? You know, I feel hurt or I feel upset or I feel anxious. And just calmly speaking up can really help uh, with your anger. Uh, take care of your anger. Be aware. Um, forgive. Don't ruminate or stay resentful. Uh, you know, get rid of those points of anger so you're not carrying them around with you. And, and just so anyone out there doesn't think that I'm just saying, well, you should just be able to forgive everyone, because I realize there are some horrible things that happen, is first of all and foremost, forgiving does not mean that it was okay. Forgiving does not mean they're let off the hook. Forgiving means that it was wrong. I mean, you can't forgive something that wasn't wrong. I mean, just the, the whole premise of forgiving means someone did something wrong to you. And staying angry at someone is like, uh, I think the quote is, uh, drinking poison, hoping it hurts your enemy. Because not forgiving someone doesn't hurt them. They're not losing sleep. It's hurting you. And so, you know, I, I realize that there, you know, there may be some horrible things that have happened to you. Forgiveness is the gift you can give yourself so you can heal and move on. Again, it doesn't mean that, you know, what they did was okay. What it means is it wasn't okay. But you can still grow and heal. Um, notice negative thoughts and refute them. You know, if, if you're having negative thoughts, ask it, is that really true? Is it helpful? Is it good? Um, I think positive self-talk is very, very helpful. Um, I notice people that are negative towards each other, uh, other people are usually negative towards themselves. And so we end up often talking to people the way we talk to ourselves. And so if you call yourself an idiot, there's a good chance you're gonna call other people idiots. But if you can give yourself grace and not, you know, beat yourself up, you're more likely not to beat other people up. And just lastly, be as a positive force for change. Be curious, learn from others, and make a difference. That's all really great information. Thank you so much, Grant, for this insight into civility and being kind to others. We'll see you next week for our next episode.
That's going to do it for today's episode. Visit stenzoclinical.com backslash news for helpful tips on parenting, relationships, managing anxiety, battling depression, and more. You can also find us on social media with the handle at stenzoclinical. If you enjoyed our show, please be sure to leave a review. As always, thank you for listening.